millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, hoping you all had a lovely, lovely weekend. We kicked off the weekend with the toy show on Friday night. Did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? And it really is kind of the start, isn't it, of Christmas when the toy show comes on the TV. And I, I certainly noticed even I was driving to work this morning, you could see so many people had put up their Christmas decorations over the weekend. I had to put my hand up and say, that's what I did. I think I spent the whole weekend, I think, getting the decorations uh, in order and uh, I think that whatever it is about the toy show, it's almost like, all right, now it's time for Christmas. Some people still feel, though, that we are still at the end of November. We've another couple of days left to go before the start of December. So for some people, they may think the putting up of the Christmas decorations might be a little bit earlier. And of course, here uh, here at C103, we are trying to have your Christmas covered this year because starting today, we're giving away our Super Value gift cards. And by the end of this competition, we'll have given away a total of €5,000. There are daily prizes of a €500 Super Value gift card to be won on the C103's Christmas covered and it's your chance to win that money to have a festive shopping spree. Hopefully, you are listening at nine this morning to Kem. He played the first of our Christmas bells two o'clock this afternoon with Nick for the second set and then Martina plays the final set at five o'clock this evening. You'll add the three totals together and then you'll text or WhatsApp Martina on drive time with the total amount for your chance to win and obviously every day the total amount changes so you keep have to keep counting those bells at 9 o'clock 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock that's C103's Christmas covered with super value gift cards they're perfect for every occasion they're available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message you just simply search super value gift cards cards but you're listening again at two o'clock today. John Paul's taking your calls at 0818103103 texts and whatsapps already coming into us on 086 103103 and talking about the weekend and how people got on at the weekend uh, I imagine a lot of people would have gone out maybe doing some Christmas shopping and certainly around the county various towns were switching on their Christmas lights which is always a wonderful family event and I know certainly in the town of Mallow I was downtown in the afternoon and you could sense the place was getting busy with people and there was lots of families out with small children because they were switching on the Christmas lights just after six o'clock on Saturday. So very disappointed to see a text in from Mary uh, who obviously didn't have a, a great 
trip to Mallow to watch the lights being switched on and she, she sends in a text saying I was in Mallow on Saturday evening for the switching on at the Christmas lights I parked my car on O'Brien Street at about a quarter past six and I was sitting in my car when a glass was thrown by youngsters. Now, it only hit the wheel of my car and thankfully no damage uh, was done. Uh, I then went down to the Tesco uh, car park and here comes five or six. I could only describe them as thugs kicking every door in the unit. Obviously, all the units were closed at uh, this stage and just kicking the doors just for the sake of it. It was actually frightening to watch. There were lads of around 15 or 16 and says Mary, and firstly, 15 or 16 year olds should have more sense and and, and obviously you, you straight away think to their parents Parents know what they're up to and obviously the answer is no and I know we were all people would say she weren't we all young once but kind of that m- senselessness of just kicking doors just for the sake of it and throwing a, a glass at a car that could have been much more serious that could have you know no, thankfully it only hit the wheel and it didn't do any damage but it certainly could have done more damage but it's frightening and it's intimidating when you see gangs like that going around together and I don't know if the young people themselves realise that it can feel a bit intimidating if you're you know going down a street and you come against a group of like that five or six 15 or 16 year olds and 15 and 16 year olds young boys can be fine big strapping lads they can you know almost be as tall as fully grown men and it just can be quite intimidating so for if you have young people in the house just to talk to them and make them realise that while they might only think it's a bit of missing that they're getting involved in it can be frightening for others 0818 103 103 love when we see some of our own doing well so I was thrilled this morning to hear that at the 2022 BAFTA Children and Young People Awards which were held last night Will Collins from Castle Magner who is the screenwriter for Wolfwalkers and Wolfwalkers is an animated movie it's a story based on a legend from folklore and uh, it was produced by the Kilkenny Studio Cartoon Sal- uh, Salon but uh, Will Collins is the script writer and it picked up the and it picked up the best feature film last night at the BAFTA Children and Young People Awards. It was up against three actually animated three films from all on Netflix: uh, Klaus, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Over the Moon. But it was Wolf walkers that walked away with the top prize so congratulations to Will Collins from uh, Castle Magner and all of the papers today are showing delightful photographs of a young lady after getting to the church on time it was all about getting to the match on uh, time and it certainly was a whirlwind weekend for Monaghan footballer Katrina McCollum uh, she she helped fire her team to the All-Ireland Senior Club Championship Final but she had to arrive at the pitch where the match was, the semi-final was to be played in helicopter because why? She tied the knot the previous day. She's quoted as saying, it would be my luck, wouldn't it, that my wedding and the semi-final would land on the same weekend. Now, she had been planning her wedding for well over a year and she never imagined that the two dates would clash on the same uh, weekend. But she made history after arriving at her home ground via hel- helicopter and it was worth her taking that helicopter trip because according to the sports result she was instrumental in securing the final spot for Dunham Moyne at uh, Croke Park yesterday after they cruised to victory a scoreline 1-11 
to seven points. They were up against uh, Kilmacud Crooks and there's lovely photographs of her arriving by helicopter looking absolutely gorgeous and refreshed after her wedding the day before. If that is not commitment, I don't know what is. I was talking about what happened to Mary with the switching on of the lights in Mallow. Well, another listener has been on from Formoy to say that there was a lot of shoving and pushing and elbow nudging going on at the switching of the Christmas lights in Formoy the other night. Uh, myself and my family ended up leaving before the lights were actually switched on. It was a disgrace. I, I heard of other local people who also left early and that sounded a very upset local Formoy man. So obviously too many people all crowded together and if you've got smallies that can be quite uh, frightening. And remember that was probably one of the reasons why the Cork City Council decided not to have an official switching on because there was too many people all uh, funneled into the one area the last time they had a big official switch on so for that reason they just put the lights on and if we things like that start happening at more and more of the switching on of the lights in the towns around the county are we going to end up with the very same situation as the city that you'll just arrive one day and the lights will be on and there'll be no official switching on and that's all part of the excitement particularly for children and I think we all remember when we were children the highlight was you know you knew Christmas now my memory certainly of it was that the lights weren't switched on as early as they probably are are now but it certainly was part of the build up to Christmas was going with the family to stand out for you know freezing it was always cold wasn't it but you were always wrapped up warm for the official switching on so people just need to be if large groups turn up they just need to be mindful if there's families with smallies and pushing and shoving and elbow nudging all of that kind of stuff really has to stop Health watchdog Hikwa say they are still receiving numerous complaints about limited visiting access in some hospitals and nursing homes with relatives extremely worried about their loved ones ongoing care to try to find out more I'm joined from advocacy group Care Champions by Magella Beattie uh, good morning to Magella. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're very welcome to the programme. Are you hearing from families who are finding it difficult to get in to see loved ones? Yes. Um, And sadly, you know, I think um, um, over the last uh, number, well, over the last few months, I think we can see an enormous increase further our outbreaks. And, you know, all we have here is guidance. We have HPSE guidance. And we are really lagging behind other countries when it comes to protecting the rights of older people. You know, um, the North of Ireland has care partner in place since November 2020, which is a very, very easy, um, a very easy thing to put in place. It basically means that each resident has a family member or a close friend who's a nominated uh, care partner in law, whereas we only have a nominated support person here, which is at the discretion of a nursing home whether or not they would be let in. So that one person would always have access and would be treated basically the same as the staff member. There was testing tested at the same time as the staff. And it would also allow, obviously, residents that hugely important right of connection to their families. Are, are we well gone away from window visits? No, window visits are still happening, um, unfortunately. And, you know, it's shocking to think that we are so far on um, in the pandemic to think that uh, we're still at that. Um, I was only talking to three families yesterday where they got worried yesterday morning they're back to window visits. It's not good enough, you know. Um, you know, residents 
you know, we often hear politicians talking about uh, how um, how great sacrifices that were made by people in nursing homes, and it's really not good enough. When they know, they know because we've told them, professionals like social workers have told them that many nursing homes ignore the guy who's around visiting. And, you know, I think it's important to Sorry, just, well. just, yeah, just be, just be, your phone is just breaking up a bit. Go on, yeah. Sorry. Um, many nursing homes are actually doing quite well this year in that they are abiding by the guidance and allowing a nomination support person in. Yeah. But many are not. And for those who are not, it's not acceptable. You know, we're talking about human beings who need connection. We're not talking about veterinary hospitals. See, people have a right and need to be connected. And I think particularly in nursing homes after the past couple of years and the enormous um, tragedy, tragedies that took place in nursing homes, people who survived that are very much traumatised by what they've already endured. And here we are facing another winter, potentially with people back looking in windows, you know, wives and husbands, elderly people standing in the rain and potentially snow trying to look in at people like it's not yeah and, and you just think have we learned nothing from what we went through uh, during the pandemic i mean I, I think it will haunt me forever uh, we had one local family who watched their mother die through yeah. a, a window and she was on her own and one of the sons had to go around to the front ring on the front doorbell to say can somebody go in and check on ma'am please uh, and ma'am had passed away and and she was all in Rome with, with uh, I think there were seven children outside the window looking in and it was one of the children realised that the mother wasn't breathing and yeah, you just I think we, know that family. Yeah, yeah you just think you never want any other family to go through that again and you know yeah. and yet if we're having window visits particularly as you say in nursing homes you can have elderly people who are very very vulnerable and staff are great but families know their loved one the best they will know if there's a change if there's something going wrong or right with granny or granddad or mam or dad and just to make sure that they're okay and you can only do that by physically going in and spending time with them absolutely staff are wonderful and staff do a great job and um, but families love their family member you know it's uh, somebody that's extremely important in their life and um you know, you know, even just that particular case that you referred to of that family looking in the window and having to go around. Like, when they got that call, first of all, that family didn't know. They weren't told that their loved one had COVID. They only found out by accident the night before. And when they did, when they got that call to go out to the nursing home, it was a really wet, wintry night, pouring rain. And they hung up the phone, come quick. And then the phone rang again to be told, make sure and bring an umbrella. You know, like there was an awful inhumanity, and you know, it's those families that are calling for the um, public inquiry, similar to that in the UK, because we're not learning, and we won't learn unless we actually go back and see what we've done wrong. And you know, I really like the inquiry that's going on in the UK because it's broken down into modules, and each module you will see where the failures were. Like, and you know, um, nursing homes. Where there were issues in nursing homes before COVID, and COVID just highlighted them. And really, we now government now need to take the bull by the horns and say, okay, 
We actually need to reform the system. We need to empower staff within nursing homes. We need to increase it, and we need to fix where old failures are, or failings are. Like, you know, we see constant HIPAA reports, and it's failures after failures. And shockingly, in all the HIPAA reports recently, people are, nursing homes are still failing in infection control. So we can't even get those basics right. How are we going to move forward into another winter? You know, um, I know the government have, uh, you know, supported private nursing homes with um, enormous funding, and yet we don't have ventilation systems, and yet we know that COVID is airborne. So, like, what has been... It would appear to us as families that nothing has been learned, nothing has changed, and government are trying to turn a blind eye to it. And, Michelle, what are the current guidelines from the HSC when it comes to allowing a loved one a visit? Okay, so within the guidance at presently is that each person has a nominated support person, which okay. is a watered-down version of Northern Ireland's care partner. So within the nursing home section is basically that they have one person that is allowed to visit um, more than normal visitors and can visit it's the discretion of nursing homes. And this is the problem that we're facing at the moment is where an outbreak occurs and in some nursing homes they're saying, no, we're not allowing the nominated support person in. Whereas if that was in law, like it is in Northern Ireland, that person can go in. You know, they the wear the PPE and they go in and they support the person. Mm. And they also help. You know, like we're talking about uh, a time where we have a massive shortage of carers and nursing homes are calling out that they can't get staff. If they have um, a care partner there, that person is going to take pressure off staff. Yeah, can help if the person help. needed yeah. help with feeding or needed help going to the bathroom. Exactly. That yeah, the loved one would be only too willing to help out. Absolutely. So when Absolutely. so so when you say when a nursing home says we have an outbreak, what what are they talking about? Are they talking about you know ten people down with COVID? No, are, normally normally it's two to three people, and then they test everybody. So if two or three people start showing symptoms then they're tested and then everybody is tested. So automatically, um, the the people who are showing symptoms are supposed to be uh, in one area, then they test everybody and then they see where they're at. So once there's two people that's tested positive, then they're considered, OK, we're an outbreak and we'll test everybody else. And then they'll, they'll lock down to visitors for these seven days, is it? Ten days, which Ten is days. actually different. It's different to... Uh, but in nursing homes, it's... Is 10 days after the last person has tested negative. So that 10 days could run into weeks. Like, and you know, when, we when, when I mentioned that, that HICWA have, have come out about it, did, did they highlight some worrying cases? Yeah, well, you see, people, um, people well, HICWA have said that they've received 59 um, concerns from nursing homes this year and within around visiting, but in each of those concerns that was raised, people also raised other concerns around, um, you know, uh, standards of care, around, um, you know, concerns around abuse. I know there was a safeguarding concern. Um, so basically, that would be where a family member would have noticed something and is not getting the issue resolved um, directly in the nursing home. And they're reporting this concern to HICWA to try and signal to get it further. 
but his with themselves have come out and said that even though their powers have been um, increased, they do not they, they, ha- they don't go far enough. And like in nursing homes, um, in private like the private nursing home sector, that that's eighty percent of all our nursing homes. And safeguarding social workers do not have the right of access to walk into um, a private nursing home. So if you've got a concern that somebody has been abused. Um, and you like each each um, each are not being looked after the the way you feel the person should be looked after. Absolutely, it can be anything from nutrition. It can be right up to phys- it can be anything. You know that they're you know with the short. I know one big thing that's coming up at the moment is that people they don't have enough staff to get people up in the morning. So it could be the afternoon before somebody's actually got up. They're nearly only up when they're going back to bed. Yeah. Or people have been late. You know, they haven't got enough staff to support people with feeding. And, um, you know, uh, so basically those, because there's such a lack of regulation around nursing homes, uh, it leaves them very much um, on their own without the same rights as everybody else, you know. There was an article in the, in the Irish Examiner on the Examiner, and uh, she, I just thought the title of it was um, uh, about safeguarding. Uh, her title was, We Are All Equal Before Law, But We Are Not All Equally Protected. And I think that's hugely, um, uh, that's very much, I, I suppose, what we are experiencing in that, you know. Okay, and if there is anybody listening, uh, Magella, what advice do you give to loved ones if they feel they're not getting proper access to somebody okay, who's well, in a nursing home or a hospital? The first thing, well, in a hospital, if you're not getting access, you you contact the advocate. You normally have a patient liaison person or okay. an advocacy person, and if you don't get anywhere there, speak to the social work department. Okay. And um, but a private a nurse, nursing home. Private nursing home. The first thing you do is you talk to the. It's really good to do everything by email, so you have a written record, and. Um, so the first thing you would do is you would uh, email them and you would ask for a copy of their visiting policy. And um, if that's not successful, you would report it to HICWA. And you would, um, if you're not getting in and you've got concerns around it, you can contact your safeguarding, um, your, your HSE safeguarding team, which is a social worker in the community. They don't have the automatic right of access, but they can ring and can find support you. Know, in, in getting in, and um, they can ring us. You know, we, we will always be happy to try and support people and get people in. Uh, if it's I, an emergency, do, do, do you find, Michelle, that some people are afraid to complain? Absolutely. You yeah. know, we've had people threatened with eviction for complaining. Oh, goodness. And, you know, oh, we've goodness. had, and, and that's a huge thing. And that was very prevalent, um, you know, in the height of the pandemic. If people are raising issues at all, well, they're not happy to get them home. Knowing that that was not possible, you know, yeah, um, maybe yeah. an elderly wife at home or whatever, yeah, yeah, it's tough, it really is tough. And as you say, we're coming into you know, flu has started, like, COVID has certainly not gone away, COVID is still there, flu is circulating, winter vomiting bug is circulating. So, there's lots of reasons why restrictions can be placed on nursing homes, but I do think that care partner. Uh, that you mentioned from Northern Ireland that's something we seriously need to look at here so there would be one person at least 
guaranteed to, 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 to get in. All right, Magella, listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And uh, you're sure, doing sure. great work at Care Champions. But uh, thanks for joining Thank us you. on the programme. Uh, Thank you. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is uh, Magella Beatty of uh, Care Champions. And as I say, I don't know how widespread the issue is here in Cork with people getting in to see loved ones in nursing homes or in hospitals, as I say. I know certainly we've done a couple of interventions. I remember on the hospital where that elderly man wanted to see his nephew. And when we contacted the ward, this was up at CUH. This was during COVID. They were fantastic. They were really, really fantastic and did everything that they could and and uh, did actually facilitate the the visit. But this seems to be predominantly to do with private nursing homes. And as soon as there seems to be any kind of an outbreak, that's it. There's a close off. Nobody is allowed in at all. And it's, you know, it's difficult enough to have a loved one in a nursing home. But when you can't actually get in to see how they are doing, it can be really, really upsetting for everybody involved. 0818103103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103. Cork today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. A text in from somebody who was listening to me speak to Magella Beatty of Care uh, Choice about the visitor restrictions that are still in place in some nursing homes and uh, hospitals. This listener says it was my family. We were the ones that had to watch our mam die through a closed window to think that families are still being kept away from their loved ones is just so heartbreaking. Residents have a right to have their family members with them. Certainly the care partner choice what they do in Northern Ireland should be put in place uh, down south it should and uh, listen my heart still breaks for your family I think when in you know in years to come when we're looking back on COVID and what was um, what happened during the pandemic I think your family's story is one of those stories that will stay with me forever and of course we know you weren't the only family that went through that watching a loved one in through a window and I just I was shocked to hear that window visits are still happening now and I understand COVID and I understand flu and winter vomiting bugs and I understand that we have to keep uh, people safe but we have to learn from the mistakes that we made during the pandemic. Thank you for your uh, text and I really hope that you and your family are doing okay because it just it's, it's tough enough to lose your, your mam but in those kind of circumstances really, really heartbreaking. Thanks for your text to 0862103103 and I mentioned as a kind of a good news story from the papers uh, today. There's lots of pictures of that uh, a woman, uh, Katrina McConnell, who had to take a helicopter ride to her club's home ground just hours after her wedding uh, because the semi-final of the um, senior football match was on. Her team was through and she wanted to make sure that they made it to the final. And She's obviously one of the star players because she actually scored seven points. So she was worth having got married, no doubt had a wonderful evening following the wedding and got to bed reasonably early and then up onto a helicopter in order to land in time to play the match. As I say, there's pictures of her arriving in the helicopter and then there's some pictures of her as well in some of the inside pages of her playing the match the day after her wedding. That prompted somebody to say, so Patricia, what you're telling me today with that story is in a cost of living 
Climate and Biodiversity Crisis, the GAA, the same GAA that won't play its players and an organisation that was screaming up and down the country during the pandemic that they were in desperate need of money to survive, they were able to pay for a helicopter ride. Now, I don't know how much the helicopter cost. I don't know what was the length of the helicopter journey, but I'm assuming it was their own club, Dunamoyne. I don't even know where Dunamoyne is, but I'm I'm assuring, I, I, I assume it was the club themselves that played. Her reception, I'm just seeing, was in the Sleeve Russell Hotel in County Cavan. And as I say, I don't know how far away in her, where her team were playing. It was her own club grounds. I don't know how far away from County Cavan. I don't know how far to Monaghan she had to fly, but it would have been the club themselves, I'm assuming, would have paid for it. So somebody rather annoyed that the GAA club would have paid that whatever cost it was. 0818103103. Now, also listen, interested in your thoughts today on something that the Taoiseach raised at the weekend, and this is to do with your television licence and if you have a television, you have to, we all have to pay €160 Euro a year for the television licence. A lot of people do, are not happy about paying a television licence. And whenever we mention television licence, inevitably we'll have people saying, sure, all you get on RTE are repeats. But then we did have the wonderful toy show on Friday night. So your television licence fee would have gone towards uh, that. But anyway, we're back again to this whole notion of scrapping the television licence and instead having a universal levy to replace it instead. And the Taoiseach now has come out uh, about this and he was talking about it at the weekend. Now, earlier on this year, we had already discussed it on the programme because the government at the time rejected what was the Future of Media Commission's proposal, which at that stage was to scrap the television licence and instead, they said, funding should be derived from general taxation and that should happen by 2024. But the government said no, they weren't interested in that. So they then set up a new cross-departmental technical group after the Commission made that recommendation, get rid of the licence and instead take the money out of General Foundation. So this new group, this new cross-departmental technical group is tasked with looking at a new a new enforcement measure. Now, the reason for that is they reckon there's about 15% of the country that has a TV licence that doesn't pay. That's what the evasion rate uh, is. So Micheál Martin at the weekend said that that group is still meeting. He's not sure when they're going to report back. However, at the weekend, he uh, said it's not possible for ministers to reach agreement on scrapping the television licence. But he says he certainly would be in favour of this universal levy, which, as I say, certainly has been discussed before. And the last time it got discussed, the cost would be the very same. It would still be €160, but everybody... Um, every I don't know how, but how they would work it is that every household in the country would actually uh, pay for it he says I think a universally applied levy would ultimately be the most sustainable approach to resourcing media to having an independent media into the future now RTE themselves they reckon they lose about 65 million euro every year because thousands of householders do not buy a TV licence, even though they do have a TV. The government kicked the can down the road last summer. They ignored the Commission's recommendations to introduce the household charge and instead went with this technical working group. Now, the technical group is currently looking at matters related to making the licence fee collection 
more effective. And if memory serves me right, didn't they look at one stage say that if we get the revenue commissioners, because at the moment it's on post collect the TV licence, there was a suggestion at one stage that revenue are very good. You look at, for example, the local property tax, there's very little evasion on the local property tax and a lot of people point to the fact it's because revenue are collecting it. So is that something that this technical group is going to uh, com- uh, going to suggest? So the technical group are examining how the licence fee can be future proofed, things like how they could increase revenue. And obviously if the housing stock, which God, we all know we need more houses. If there are more houses in this country, then obviously more people with TVs I suppose they're hoping that more money would be generated that way. So the group is examining whether the licence fee should be extended beyond those who actually physically own a TV and instead you target everyone. So anyone that uses a phone or a tablet or a computer to watch TV, that everyone, therefore, if you've got access in any way to watching TV, you should be charged this new levy. Work was to begin last summer on the legislation and the admin changes required to ensure that the TV licence is more equitable, more relevant and more sustainable. So Mio Martin says it would not be feasible to replace the TV licence with general taxation because he said the reason for that is it's simply not realistic. He said in the current fiscal climate, they reckon it would cost about 300 million would have to come out of the general pot that pays for everything else. So Mio Martin says, look, that's not realistic. So you either stick with what we have, which is the TV licence, and somehow try to get the 15% who are evading it to pay up. And that would generate extra money or else you go with this levy where everybody pays the levy instead. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Before I get to some of your thoughts and comments coming into the programme, don't normally read out about missing dogs, but I think this one is important because it's a Rothweiler that has gone missing. And listeners in the Ballybeg and Butterfant areas in particular are asked to keep a lookout for this. It's a three and a half year old Rothweiler. It ran away from its owners yesterday after being spooked while they were visiting friends in the area. Now, she's likely to be very nervous. The owners say she's not dangerous, but she is. She will be very nervous because she's lost and out of her normal environment and she's wearing a red collar. If anybody spots a Rothweiler, particularly in the Ballybeg Butterfant areas, can you please call 086 867 4354 086 867 4354 I mentioned about the TV uh, licence with the Taoiseach getting involved in this and he's in favour of replacing rather than scrapping the TV licence but he's he's in favour of replacing it with a universal levy that everyone would have to pay now I don't have the details of how that would actually work but there are a number of people commenting on the TV licence this morning let me give you a sample of some of the calls in Magella in Mallow says I think it's unfair that everyone has to pay a TV licence Magella says I don't watch RTE all of the time why should I pay a licence for a channel that I only watch every now and again Barry in Bandon says I've been reading a lot about this notion of scrapping the TV licence and replacing it with a universal uh, levy there's been talk about it says Barry and Bandon over the last number of years I feel yes we do need a state broadcaster but I don't think television licence is the way to go a standard extra tax on everyone that will fund a state TV I think is the fairest because that way everybody pays however I would love to know the high wages that are paid to broadcasters 
in RTE, how is that funded? Is it funded commercially? If it is, fine. But if it's the TV licence money is used to fund their wages, then not in favour of that. And that would be highly unfair. Well, I'm assuming how RTE operate is all of their money that they get bulk of it comes from the TV licence and then the commercial fund all goes into the one pot so there's no way of knowing exactly what portion of the TV licence goes to an actual individual employee of RTE. Uh, Joe says if they bring in a new licence would OAPs have to pay this universal social charge at the moment all old age pensioners get a free TV licence no I couldn't see that changing I really couldn't but if you went with Barry and Bandon who says that instead of a TV licence you put an extra charge on everything you somehow put it into into the t- you take it out of the tax pot then obviously old age pensioners everybody would actually pay and uh, morning uh, Patricia licence TV licence is a good idea but the good old TV is on the way out on account of people watching things on YouTube watching things on t- on their phones on their laptops on their computers uh, here in Ireland correct me if I'm wrong we pay the TV licence to watch RT1 and RTE2 so why do we have to pay for Sky so why do we also have to pay for Sky in order to get RT1 and RTE2 but when you look okay the bulk of the television licence fee is used is used to fund RTE yes that is correct the licence must be paid on any premises that has any equipment that can potentially decode TV signals even if they're not RTE so it doesn't matter whether you're watching it or not if you have anything that p- can potentially decode a TV signal and at the moment that is a TV but at the moment it doesn't cover people who don't have a TV in the house but who are watching it on computers but I mean if the law states anything that can potentially decode a TV signal which is obviously you can watch you can watch a TV you can you can watch RT or any other TV channel you can watch it on your phone as well I mean is that technically decoding a TV signal but yes people are getting away with not paying a TV licence because of that and someone else says I think a universal charge is the way to go it's not fair I've always paid my TV licence but I know a neighbour of mine who openly boasts that he's never paid a TV uh, licence I feel that is very unfair 0818103103 your thoughts welcome to John Paul taking the calls you can text our WhatsApp and of course you can always email the programme patricia at c103.ie and to an email we go next don't know how common this is and is it happening to many other people so your thoughts welcomed uh, please hi Uh, To cut a long story short, I'm currently searching for a place to rent like so many others. On Saturday last, I was offered a viewing on a property in North Cork. This is the first viewing I've been offered in months of searching. When I arrived at the property, firstly, I was a little surprised to find that others had been given the very same time slot as I for the viewing. However, beggars can't be choosers, so I bit my tongue and carried on. After I looked around, I was presented with a questionnaire. The lady showing the house said her father was the owner and he would like everybody viewing the property to ask the questions that were contained on the sheet. The previous viewer had mistakenly put her answers on the sheet that I was handed. So therefore, I was instantly able to read all of her details. On this questionnaire, I was asked not only for my own PPS number, but also the PPS numbers of any other person and their names, etc., who might stay in the house should I be offered the property. 
I was uneasy about giving my own PPS number or indeed any others who might be staying with me. So I declined to answer these questions, even though I knew this would immediately give me no chance to be offered the property. The reason I'm contacting you today is, is to ask and put it out there to other listeners. Is this normal when viewing a property? Is it illegal? to gather this information? If they ask these questions, then they must have access to the information connected to the PPS number. If so, how can that be? It was my understanding that this information was only accessible to state bodies. I didn't even read the rest of the questions because I refused to give any information and I left. So my question this morning to you, is this legal? If you do decide to read out my email this morning, please don't call out my name as I don't want it to damage my chances of finding another property. Wow. I I mean, I have heard in the last number of months of people being asked for bank statements for the last six months. I certainly heard of one person going for viewing and they were asked for bank uh, statements, uh, just uh, which the person was very uneasy about giving as well. But a PPS number, I can't even... I can't even understand why somebody is looking for your PPS number because what access does anybody have to? If you give somebody your PPS number, you're right. I mean, to me, the only person who should be able to access any information that's contained on a PPS number surely is a state body. So I I have no understanding. I'd love if you could have quizzed her uh, further. But, you know, I understand. I mean, you know, you say at the start of it, it's it's the first viewing you've been offered in months though you've been searching obviously for quite some time and this is the first viewing so you'd be all excited about going to the viewings I suppose it threw you completely when this questionnaire but GDPR comes into it straight away when you say that for some reason the person ahead of you had filled in the information onto you, onto the sheet that you were handed. So you instantly got to see this all of the other person's information as well. So you'd be thinking uh, GDPR um, straight away. So can anybody tell me firstly, is this now common practice? If you're going for the viewing, this now, whatever about you're offered the property and they're looking for some kind of security, even then I'd be uncomfortable handing my PPS number over to somebody. But why just for a viewing is somebody gathering up all of that information and as I say our listeners stopped because when they refused the PPS number decided I'm not filling in anything else on the form so I don't know what else was being asked what other questions was being asked so have you gone for a viewing lately if so were you asked to fill in a questionnaire and what was on that questionnaire and did you fill it in and did you get the uh, property your thoughts welcomed on that and obviously if there's any legal head out there that can tell us, is this legal that somebody can ask for that kind of information? I mean, and where do they store that kind of information if it's just written on a sheet? And then if you don't get the property, do they destroy? Do they shred the information? Is it, you know, are are you guaranteed that the information is going to be stored properly firstly if they're going to hang on to it and then if they don't want the information what do they do with it afterwards your thoughts welcome to 0818103103 but doesn't it just show that the lengths that people are going to to try to secure some kind of a rental property that uh, you know the, pe- that's the people who are the landlords are holding all the control at the moment for sure text or whatsapp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With the new Charleville Nursing Home. Find their current available positions at molumhealthcare.com forward slash careers. 
St. Gubbins Nursing Home in Ballyagran. They're looking for a staff nurse. CVs, please, for the attention of Maura to saint.gubnitz at gmail.com or you can ring more at 086-844-8444. General operative wanted for a dairy engineering company in Ballyhay in Charleville. CVs to jimbrown1 at outlook.ie. A part-time childcare practitioner is wanted to work in Mitchellstown. CVs, please, to brightsparkchildcare at hotmail.com. And a reminder that Molan Healthcare they're recruiting for their new nursing home, which is due to open soon in Charleville. Recruitment open days have been held today and tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. each day in the Charleville Park Hotel. You can check what jobs are available by going to molenhealthcare.com or you can email recruitment at molenhealthcare.com. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. cmig.ie. Now a voluntary group in West Cork are about to seek planning permission for a 10 million euro residential and daycare centre for autistic adults, which will be the first of its type in County Cork to discuss the project in more detail. I'm joined by Jim O'Mahony, who is chair of the organising committee. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning, Patricia. You are very welcome to the programme. Now, you've been fundraising for about 10 years. Can you just remind us uh, how the money has been raised so far? Yeah, I suppose really we started back in 2013 when we decided to attract a run for our local school that has an autism unit. Now, as I say, the first seven years, we have given everything towards the school and we have left the school in a very, very good position. Um, the kids are well sent after and teachers and SNAs are very, very good there. But as you know, as kids get older, they become adults. And it was brought to my attention about two years ago that there is families out there that are struggling, that the kids that the kids are no adults and they're in their 20s and 30s and there's very little place for them to go. No? Yeah, we had a shocking story only last week on the programme on a, on a family in Wilton who were at breaking point with their young 22-year-old son and and not even a day service uh, for him. It was just, it was a truly shocking. So tell me about the centre and describe it to me. And firstly, where, where do you hope the centre will be built? Well, sure, we started, I suppose, really um, about two years ago. I went to a, um, a man called John McCarthy. I was doing a bit of business with him and... Uh, I was telling him about that I was trying to buy a bit of land somewhere in West Cork and he, when, he, when I told him what we were trying to do, he said that he would donate the land in Domanwood. He was after buying a farm and John and Mary McCarthy, otherwise known as JMC Park. And John came on board with us and he said he'd give us the land. So that was a very generous offer. It was a fantastic <laughs> offer because we now have a greenfield site on the... Um, site is on the outskirts of Dunmanway. Perfect. So basically our next thing then was um, we contacted Christopher Sullivan and Michael Collins and the our team numbered and we got a meeting with um, the minister Anne Rabbit. So Anne came to Dunmanway, we walked the field, it was a beautiful fine sunny day and she just said the site was perfect. But then our next step really was to meet the man himself, Michal Martin. So as uh, we had a, a lengthy meeting in Ballancolic three months ago and uh, but before that, a man called Pat Hogan in our village in Britain worked for Henry J. Lyons and, and had another meeting with, with Pat and 
a girl called Emma Power, and they went away and did research in England, France, and America for three to four months and came back with a pioneering design. So we presented that to the Taoiseach, and Anne Rabbit was there, her husband was there the same day, and a few more of us, and they just got blown away with the whole design. And hopefully the day the tractor running to Britain on the 27th of December, we will be showing the design. Up can, you, the, can, you just, can you describe the design and what the centre will be like when it's up and running? Basically, it's a kind of a three-in-one, really. So, like, there'll be sensory gardens, vegetable patches, car parking, um, pods for the adults to live in. But basically, it's going to be um, to be built into the community that it will fit in with the community, like, you know, mm. so, like, you have daycare, respite, and hopefully, in the end, it'll be a home away from home for all the people to live in. And, and you reckon nothing like it here in County Cork? No, not like yeah. this. It's like when the Taoiseach saw what the amount of work that Henry J. Lyons had put into this project, it was really the icing on the cake. Like, we can talk about these things all day long, but when you have a design like this, and the minister herself was blown away, like, as our comment was, she says, we'll build it for Cork, and with the next one for Galway. And how many adults would you hope to cater for, Jim, at the so centre? Basically, maybe starting off in 10 and 12, but that would be down to the guidelines of okay. the HSE and the advice that the HSE will give us. So, yeah, so you'll be led by the experts as to, as to where, where you go. And Correct. do you believe there is a huge need in the area? Big time, big time. Yeah. But as I say, there was only one woman that we really asked that question is Minister Anne Rabbit, really. And, well, the very lady herself is on the other line, the Minister for Disabilities, Anne Rabbit. Good morning to you, Anne, and, and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and thank you for having me. And now you, and as Jim said, you you were blown away uh, by uh, by this particular initiative. Would you would is it, would that be your dream that we'd have more of these all over the country? Absolutely, because I think it's a really integrated service within the community. So, like when um, Jim was talking there about the the sensory garden, that sensory garden would be open and available to all that could use it. Not just people with autism; it, it'd be open to their families, but it would also be open to the wider community to come and experience in it. The, the likes of the the day centre or the, the 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 working hub. That in itself would be where young people would be learning skills, would be able to transition, perhaps maybe into employment in their community. But it's building confidence where young people have autism and actually bringing them to the next step in life. And as Jim said as well, perhaps the respite or supported independent living. So at all times what you're doing is you're equipping your young people as they would transition from leaving school into the community, be it in the day centre, be it in the, the working hub, that they would learn skills um, all the way through to independent, supported independent living, which is what every parent really wants to know, that there's a proper pathway within their own community so that their own loved one is looked after and catered for. Because do you worry about the lack of adult residential places? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, 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 the lack of capacity and, um, within adult residential is a huge worry for me. And it's not just in one particular area of the country. It is right across. And like we have a lot of ageing parents where capacity wasn't built into for a long number of years. 
uh, and we're trying to do that at the moment. We have built a lot of capacity into children's services over the last two and a half years, and now the focus is switching to transitioning young people that are that age 18 bracket, and also to support the, the, the older parents. And like we have a number of older parents that are over 70, over 80, and I have one man in Wexford over 90 oh. caring for, yes, absolutely, caring for. We need to ensure that what no family wants they don't want their situation to become a crisis. They want planned residential, and we need to plan the capacity. And we are, I'm working with the HSE and working with other stakeholders to ensure that that capacity is built in. So that actually you do create that home away from home. The most natural thing for most young people to do is to move out of home, is to move into a more community environment if they have a, be it autistic or whether they have intellectual disabilities, that there is space created for them. And that's what a focus for me as a minister and my colleagues in government. Yeah, and it is for those parents, you know, those particularly ageing parents who know they're not going to be around forever and the worry that they have as to what will happen to their beloved son or daughter. Absolutely. And that's why Jim's project here really struck a spark with me. Like, we're not waiting to be 70. They're looking to create that transitional pathway, that there is actually a plan, that we're not waiting till that young person now is 45 or 46 of what will we do. In actual fact, we're starting that natural transition planning when they're 18 or 19. Have the conversation at the beginning. Don't wait for stuff to become emergencies, but build it into the community. Uh, And to be fair to Jim and the tractor room team down there, they, they are really stepping up to the plate like the, the designer and the architect the thought that was put into it and building it right into the community and the field if you were only the field the day I was down there the sun was shining and it just <laughs> seemed to be a proper heaven for it and how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Man, wait, what a beautiful part of the country. To start our national center of excellence, of what good would look like, working with such a design team. And I have to acknowledge the, the wonderful support I've got from Magella Daly um, in the last number of months on this project, because she realizes too, as national project, this is what we want to be doing. And the Taoiseach's attendance at the meeting in Ballancolic really cemented it um, for the, the, the tractor room team there in Kilbritton, but also to the, the HSE national team to see actually this is what capacity building looks like this is what we should be doing and to be looking to developing regional centres to support families yeah I love the idea of this becoming a centre of excellence and then it becomes a template so that groups from other country from other counties will come take a look and say this this is this is what we need to do and and Jim have you a, a, a family member who's who's on the autism spectrum or yeah, yeah sure I suppose really that kind of tweaked it off really first day it was in 2013, the school was selling tickets at the bow match, and um, a friend of mine, Brendan Butler, was at it, and he was telling me all about selling the tickets. So we, I went the following morning, and I took tickets over to the stand where I was working, and within a half an hour, there was lads saying, sure, you have a young clue with autism. They have reasons why you have time. And sure, they all bought tickets, and sure, yeah. look, it kind of snowballed from there, and then we decided to do the track run. Like the first year, we did the track run with 276 tractors, and to date, and last year we had 500. Uh, it's massive. It's just, it's a huge, huge event. Huge, um, huge. And people look forward to it. Um, it's always just, it is. It's, it it's is. always, is it, it's just after Christmas you hold it. Yeah, the 27th. 27th, yeah. It's actually a Tuesday. It's actually a bank holiday. It's going to say, kind of suits people. But like, there's a lot of people out there around the country from the four corners of Ireland that would love to come, but they can't. They're just too far away. And I just say to them, look, we have a Facebook page, the Britain Tractor Run. And they can donate online and they can do they can take their own tractor for a spin up the road and just donate the twenty euros or whatever they want to donate, you know? Yeah. And it can just bring everybody like we have sponsors from Lincoln and Germany to John Deere in England to all over Ireland. Well done. We have sponsors well done. Because, and, you know, and and you're going for planning. How when would you hope to start work, Jim? Well, we must raise a substantial amount of money in the next few months okay. and once we have that Okay. All right. Listen, Jim. We wish you good luck with it, and good luck with the tractor uh, run. We'll give out all the details of the tractor one as well uh, near yes, nearer the time. And I'd like to thank 103 for their media sponsorship as well over the years. You've been very good to us. It's our, it's, it's our pleasure. It's our Mr. pleasure. For coming on board as well. Our pleasure. Thanks, Jim. And just, Anne, while I just have you on the line, because this was an issue that came up on Friday, and actually I mentioned uh, your name because I'd seen that you had issued a, a, a letter to Christopher O'Sullivan uh, about it. We were discussing the proposed closure of the children's services by a co-action in West Cork. We had a lot of very, very upset parents uh, contact us on Friday. And I saw you your letter to Christopher O'Sullivan. W- will you have any influence in this decision? Well, I will stay actively involved, is what I will say. And to be quite honest with you, Coaction do wonderful work. And I can totally understand why parents would be upset because the, the that work um, and that service that's been delivered there through the children's teams is absolutely Phenomenal. In actual fact, the HSE would would use it as a, a signpost to me as a minister of what good looks like and where delivery is happening. 
So where you have something good, you certainly do not want to see something like that closed. So I will stay actively involved and um, to ensure that that service stays up and running and functioning. And, and yet again, it was the good people of West Cork, the 1.3 million that built that centre was funded by the people of West Cork. Absolutely. So yeah. like, like when you have something good, why would you close something that's good? We, we, we actually have to stop taking from one side to balance the other side. We have an issue that that house has to be done up. There's no denying that whatsoever. But let's look alternatively. Let's not take away from a service that there's badly need for, that those children are need to get access to their services in that location. Uh, and I will be supporting co-action to find alternative accommodation for what they're looking for, but not at the cost uh, of the children's services. Well done. And, and I also feel communication, talk to the parents, you know, presenting something as a fait accompli. I think that added to people's upset and anger. They were just told this was happening instead of involving them in the process. Sure, look, but hold on here a minute. That's one of our biggest problems, whether it's in this department or another department. Communication, communication, communication. And if you're not communicating with the, the person at the centre and you think you can sidestep around them, that's where you'll have your first downfall. And um, People always want to find solutions. That's what I've always found, that whenever you communicate, people are, are very mindful, very level, very balanced. But have them part of the process, but don't be issuing dictates. Here, here. Here, here. Listen, Anne, thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Deepa. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, that is the Minister for Disabilities, Anne Rabbit. And before that, uh, Jim O'Mahony, the Chairman of the Organising Committee um, that um, every year hold that. Uh, it's coming up to the, its 10th year, nearly the Kilbritton tractor run, and it'll be running again on December the 27th. Uh, no, and it is, it is certainly the largest tractor run in the country. And let's hope it'll be bigger and better than ever this year because they now need the money more than ever. It's very much that time of year when my next guest joins me live in studio for our annual chat about all things positive with the launch of the 2023 Get Up and Go Diaries. I'm delighted as always to welcome Brendan Sands to studio. Good morning to you, Brendan. Good morning. I'm trying to think, because I I know with with the pandemic, did we have you last year or was it, no, we were missing the last two years. We We have been missing this past two years now, really. I've I've phoned into the station good enough and actually I think one of the years I actually got John Paul. I think you were, you you had a week, you were on a wee break as well. I was off, I was off. And you and how long? How long is the get up and go diaries? How long are we having this annual chat? When was the first? I, I, one? Honestly, I, probably ten years. Now. We'll say it's ten years. To, you know, we've become be really least, good friends over yeah, this past while. It's got you know? to be at least. And, and and you're back out on the road, and you're rather unique in the business in that you physically take to the highways and the byways, and you go into the shops delivering do, yeah. the books. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, that's unusual, isn't it? I suppose it is unusual, but you know what I mean? I find a lot of, I find with a lot of the situation, just to meet people, it, you know what I mean, is, and, and deal with them in business. Actually meet them face to face, have a conversation. And I think that's more important to them. Whereas if I phone in, I look at the same order. I won't get anything. I'll just get the bare necessities. Whereas you go in to talk to people and you can actually do a deal with them as well. You know. So, have, but obviously, friendships are formed. Then, if you're meeting, you're probably meeting the same people year in, year out. Absolutely, just like yourself yeah. and John Paul. I love calling in here. I missed you guys this past couple of years and. Uh, friendships on, on like really incredible friendships just like you know there's so many people even even though I'm coming in from Donegal there's people and friends down here in this area and all that I would have to do is ring them say listen I'm in trouble they wouldn't even say what happened to you they would say where are you 
yeah. and they will come and get me. They're great friends down here, you know. But being out and about, is it very different this year? What's the mood out there amongst the business people, the little shops? Okay, the little shops, I'll say, is getting it tight enough to make ends meet. Yeah. However, they are making ends meet. And they put a lot of work, the shopkeepers, the managers, the, the, the assistants, they're putting a lot of work into actually just keeping actually going. And I find as well, what, what, what I say is people would need to do is actually shop local, look after the people that looked after the, that like looked after them for like the past two years during the pandemic. Those shops were there on the corner. They were looking after absolutely everybody, you know. So I say shop local, you know. Like we all, and, I, and listen, anyone who regularly listens to, th- to this programme will know I'm always banging on about it. I'm, big in, I'm a big advocate uh, for shopping local. And look, the multinationals, we, we all need them and we will all shop at the multinationals and we have to do that and we do it every week. But it's the small independent stores. If you have a bit of money to spend, if you're going out and we all have to buy Christmas presents and people might be cutting back, but there's still Christmas presents that have to be bought. Try and spread the love a little bit and go into some of those the little independent stores, as you say, the ones that are on our main streets and have been for years. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you because they are the ones that looked after us yeah. all the time. And, the, you know, I mean, business, they're getting it tight. There's no question with, with the price of electricity, the price of heating, the price of fuel. And just everything's the, gone up. Absolutely. Everything has gone everything's up. Everything's gone know? up. But you've managed to keep your, your get up and go diaries at the same price. Yeah, well, we have to, you know, we had to cut our cloth to measure as well, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, the, even with the lack of diesel, hotel accommodation, you know, this type of thing, that, that's all gone up on us. And, and like, we just, you know, we're working really just to, like, sell the extra numbers. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It, it's a numbers game like every other business, you know, and... Uh, yeah, we kept our price and it's tight. Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're working on it tight. But it's great to be able to, to look after the people of the country as well. Yeah, you and they're I mean? gorgeous. And, and yeah, the your, your diaries in. are absolutely uh, gorgeous. What's new for this year? Well, I suppose new for this year, uh, I, I'll say our flagship, which we uh, we tried last year, was the, was the planner for the busy women. And that's our flagship product. We also, uh, this, this year... That's hardback. This is a hardback edition, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and it's only available online, Trish. And okay, you know you can you can yeah. mention our, our and online. there's something lovely about a hardback. I know, book, isn't there? I mean, <laughs> I, the, you know, I mean, the ordinary diaries are, are not hardback and they're lovely, but there is something lovely about having a hardback. Yeah, and and that particular book is, uh, you know, it's you can see every month is a, is a different color, and there's uh, yeah, just quotes in it for every day as well and it's a page to view as well you know so it is our flagship product it is absolutely an amazing product it's it's a we have a limited edition of those right now and uh i can say that it, it says on the front of it is planner for a busy woman and uh could be for anyone well that's the thing about it you see i might I keep my, a, i, I might keep one in the car yeah, and look at it and, i think uh, a busy man <laughs> i think a busy man should start this <laughs> and i love i love i mean what i love about them i mean i i use your diaries i've been as as you say for 10 years i've i use your diaries all the time I'd be, and and i love as i'm writing something into the diary to look at what the quote is and just sort of i think just sometimes just to sit with the quote and think about god that really makes sense i mean i just for example i've just opened up on a date in in february and they're saying like the monthly reflection what is not started today is never finished tomorrow and that's so important because how many times do you think of god after that after that and you keep putting it off yeah. and by putting it off it doesn't get finished tomorrow then <laughs> so just get get it done no I, I, I was actually talking to a woman very very recently and i said to her uh, i'll drop that with you on sunday 
it was a night I've never had. And she says, why, Brendan, will you put off tomorrow what you can do today? today. Yeah. I thought it was just, I thought, I actually said to her on the phone, that's amazing that you tell me that, you know. And I said, I'll do it now in 20 minutes, right? And I got my parcel dropped, right? It was really, really good, you know. So just for people who've never seen a Get Up and Go diary, describe them to, uh, describe them to me. Okay, uh, well, they're A5 size and they're, they'll fit in a handbag. They, they, they sit very gen- gently or generously beside, uh, beside your bedside and your bedside cabinet. Some people actually don't even write in them, Patricia, because they don't want to spoil them, you know. <laughs> and uh, they're colourful. Colourful, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, full of quotes, and you have a you have a p- piece there to actually write in, uh, you know, I mean your thought for today, really, as, as opposed to what your you know your dental appointment or anything. It's about your thoughts, and you know, I mean the, the, the easy that you can actually take make your own life, you know. But uh, colourful, easy to easy to manage. Uh, I don't how, know. And how would they put together? How do you are you are, are your team constantly just gathering up quotes all the time? All the time, they just gather quotes day in and day out. And sometimes I actually get, get some myself, just and then I would put them down and then forward them. And that goes to that goes to my partner, and then that goes to the graphic designer as well. You know, so we keep at it. All yeah, the, and every so, day, some of them know? are sort of like well-known ones, like um, I I love that Mark Twain one. Uh, Do not resent growing old. Many are denied the privilege, which is which is so true. People are meant to be loved. Things are meant to be used. Most of the trouble in the world comes from things being loved and people being used. Absolutely. That's from the Dalai Lama. Goodness me, how how right is the Dalai Lama? And as soon as you trust yourself, you will know how to live. And it's just page after page after page of little quotes like that. It's just and as I say, beautifully, beautifully produced and the colour just jumps out out of the page. And who does all the like the little designs? That's a graphic designer, is it? All the little Yeah, the graphic designer Nula Nula will will throw her efforts into that. She's she's really super at doing that sort of stuff. They're they're wonderful. And then we have the the young person's diary as well. This is kind of teenagers, maybe even younger. Even younger. younger. Yeah. Even younger. Eight to eleven. And they make great stocking fillers, you know. The other thing about it was to uh, my grandchildren have they get stocking fillers of them every year and the conversations that they can actually raise at the dinner table you know I mean some of the afternoons you know with some of the quotes is yeah. really really good as well yeah. you know yeah. so if it causes conversations and can take the phone away from the dinner table I think that's amazing as well you know 100% and then after these diaries go out and, and you know people get them as presents or people buy them yeah. for themselves do you get reaction from people early in the new year do people comment on them Yes, very regular. You know, saying that, that saying that they just got something from the, the diary for that particular day. We get letters, and the, you know, as you said earlier on, uh, you know, I mean, people saying, like, you know, I mean, the beautiful quality product that it actually is. You know, plus we find that it's great Chris Kringle gift. You know, what I mean, yeah. as well. You know, I mean, it's not how much are they print. selling it? Twelve euro. Twelve for, euro. For, yeah, twelve yeah. euro well for the it. average. Yeah, and uh, and it lasts all year. You know, yeah. so. You know, and, I, and I know if you go up into our canteen here, our wall planner on the wall is, is one <laughs> of your your wall planners. And again, it's it's beautifully coloured and whatever you've got. Yeah. Have you, are you, I'm assuming the wall planner is out again this year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's a, and and and, and uh, plus I have a few products here for to raffle. We will be giving them away. We'll be giving them away. Actually, yeah, we'll be doing that after 12 today. We're actually giving away the 
the, the, the hard back the get up and go daily planner for the bit for the well, busy woman and we're also giving away the young person diary and we're going to give away the Irish get up and go uh, diary and then between now and Christmas as we always do because you're always very good to bring us a box load of yeah, the diaries no and we Great. give them away uh, yes. throughout the year so how has you your own year been since we last met uh, yeah it has it, it had its moments I suppose yeah it's been up and down uh, probably the biggest well, the biggest hit against me was, you know, my daughter Sandra was taken off the lung transplant list. You don't just remind us since your daughter Sandra well, CF. Yeah, she has cystic, cystic fibrosis, you know. Yeah. So she was actually taken off because of a weak complication, you know. But I, I also found that since she was actually taken off the transplant list, she's like had an amazing life, you know, like just like out there, like doing her own thing, you know. Yeah. But, you know, complications set in and, you know, she she's actually on the new, uh, on the new Cravac, I'd say craft trio program. Yeah, this is the one, this is the drug that everybody's desperate to get on because it's making such a difference, isn't Huge it, difference, to the lives yeah, of yes, people with yes. uh, Sandra's lung function jumped from well, I have to say, it jumped from eight for uh, from twenty one to thirty, and it's holding steady at thirty. You is know, it? so she's she's, so she's doing really really well at she's, the moment. She's a mum, isn't she? She's a she's a mum of a yeah, she's yeah. a mum and uh, of a. 14 year old. Is she 14 now? And, you know, Sandra is also deaf or partially hearing, whatever you want, whatever, you know, however, yeah. Sandra is partially hearing. Yeah. But her husband is deaf. And okay. that's the simple of it. There's no two yeah. ways about it. He yeah, can't yeah. hear, he's deaf. Sandra can hear certain uh, certain pitches, you know, so. But their daughter. Oh, sure. Her daughter has is. Hearing. Our daughter is like, she, uh, she can. Sandra's husband went to school in Dublin. Sandra went to school in Northern Ireland. Yeah. One learned BSL, the other learned ISL. Don't start me on that. Cara can speak any fluent oh, language yeah. you want. British Sign Language or Irish Sign Language. Yeah. yeah. So she I can never understand why there isn't a worldwide sign language. Because yeah, American Sign Language is different. Australian Sign Language is different. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know how somebody's never come up with one that would cross for all deaf yeah. people. It would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Listen, it's a treat as always. It's always brilliant to have you in studio. We wish you good luck with the Get Up and Go Diaries. Uh, and we have a full list of all of the places where the Get Up and Go Diaries are available. There isn't a part, I don't think, of the, of the city or county. Go on. Yeah, can I say just one more thing? that, uh, and, and I'm speaking here, I suppose, on the likes of... Uh, because Sand was, you know, lung transplant... You know, uh, you know about care, the, the importance of carrying an organ donation card. card. Yeah. I just want everybody to carry this. You know, we're, you know, here in the Republic of Ireland, we're actually an opt in, in yeah. class. So, so you have, have to opt actually out. opt out, you know. Yeah. So it would be great that if we could get that as well. Yeah. But uh, the importance of carrying that is just amazing. Yeah. And you don't know at the time what benefit or what difference someone's organs could make to you. So if everyone carries a card, including you, you don't know the difference yeah. that you could make to society or some one person. And the difference it makes to, to the person is is incredible. Brendan, pleasure as always. Uh, you look after yourself. Get up and go diary dot com. If people want to physically take a look at look at it, they, they are available online. But as I say, we're very much encouraging people to shop local. Yes, Happy are. Christmas Thank you to so you and much. all the best Thank for so 2023. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
at the weekend I ended up you know the way you flick on the TV and you spot something and I spotted that Dr Zhivago was being shown I think it was Saturday afternoon on BBC so I put a record on it uh, straight away and I ended up watching it over two sittings over the weekend because Dr Zhivago anyone that's ever seen Dr Zhivago will know it's over three hours long I think it's about three hours twenty minutes long and I didn't have three hours and twenty minutes to watch it so I had to do it in in two uh, settings but it's just one of those gorgeous gorgeous movies that it's almost uh, timeless it's just it's 1965 I ended up then of course doing a bit of a Google search to see when did it actually come out it was in 1965 now it did win and it got nominated for loads of Oscars but it got beaten because the big movie that year was The Sound of Music so it got beaten for a lot of the top Oscars by uh, The Sound of Music but just watching Omar Sharif oh my goodness what a good looking man uh, he was but it was just well as I say I watched it in I don't know if anybody else spotted that over the weekend. It was, I think it was Saturday afternoon. It was actually, actually been shown. Now, I'll get up and go diaries. I digress. Uh, somebody says, Aidan says, what a lovely man Brendan Sands is. That was a great uh, chat. Really enjoyed it. Somebody else saying, really enjoyed your chat with uh, Brendan Sands. He always comes across as such a positive man. And someone else says, wants to wish his daughter Sandra the very best. Um, Sandra with the CFA. I was saddened to hear that she's been taken off the transplant list. But please God, everything was stabilised again for her and she'll get back onto that transplant list because she's been living with cystic fibrosis all of her life. Now, we've got three diaries to give away and we're going to give these away by text and WhatsApp because that's the fairest because people get very annoyed when they can't get through on the phones and it also takes a bit of pressure off uh, John Paul who's there trying to answer all the phone calls and at the same time trying to do stuff for the programme. So by text and by WhatsApp, uh, text in uh, diary along with your name and address, please, to 086 to 103 103. Now we're going to give away the hardback, the wonderful hardback version of the Get Up and Go uh, Diary for the Busy Woman 2023. That really is gorgeous, gorgeous book. And then we're going to give back, give away two of the normal diaries. We'll get the Irish Get Up and Go Diary, which is probably the most popular diary, I think, of it all. And then there's the wonderful one, the Get Up and Go Diary for young people. You might have a young person in your house. It'll make a nice little extra Christmas present or a stocking filler. So get texting or WhatsApping only please if you'd like to win one of the Get Up and Go uh, diaries and we'll have more of them uh, to give away between now and Christmas but we'll give away three today so get uh, texting on that 086 103 103 and hold off on texts for Annalise please because I don't want them to get lost I can there is already some in for Annalise I've I've got those ones but just hold off I don't want them to get lost in the middle of the other comments that are coming in and just something that we certainly will be picking up tomorrow on the programme and I don't know if by the end of the programme we'll hear any news back from the council on this but councillors as we speak are today uh, deciding the council budget for 2023 Now, this does come against the backdrop of potential 14% cut in expenditure and that's across the eight municipal uh, districts and as we've already discussed on the programme a couple of weeks ago those cuts would mean there will be less money for repairs to roads and God knows every part of the county will say they've got a road in their area that needs repairing particularly in rural areas there will be fewer people going out to collect litter which means that our towns and villages will become a dirtier unless the local tidy towns groups who do amazing work get out and clean up our towns and villages and there'll be a reduction in things like the maintenance staff that go out and keep our graveyards in the respectable way that they could be uh, should be kept all of that if there's going to be have to be a 40% 
14% cut in expenditure. There's going to be a knock-on effect. So what is happening at 11 o'clock this morning, uh, the meeting is underway as we speak and I imagine it's going to be quite a tense meeting because the executive of County Hall what they're putting to the councillors today, they're going to ask the county councillors to vote in a budget which includes a 3.5% rise in rates for business people. Now it's for business businesses that pay more than €2,000 per year. I don't know what is the percentage of businesses that pay more than €2,000 per year. Businesses under that threshold won't be required to pay any additional money. So I'm assuming that's the smaller uh, businesses. And it's understood that the proposed increase will help in part to stave off the cuts in services which have been planned. I don't think it's going to take away all of the cuts in services, but it will take some. That's only if the councillors decide to pass the budget and to increase the rates by 3.5%. Now we have, I know John Paul was in the office before we came on air this morning. I know he was getting on to the county, trying to get on to the county mayor, Danny Collins, and he hasn't booked in for tomorrow morning. So we'll get to speak with Danny if anything breaks from County Hall between now and when we finish up at one o'clock, we'll bring it to you because I know that's going to be a worry for businesses. It's certain, you know, businesses are already struggling, paying with everything else going up without now suddenly hearing that their rates are going to go up as well. 0818103103. And somebody has made a good suggestion to, you know, the person who contacted us by email to say that they went for their first viewing of a property. First time in months they actually got a viewing. They're trying desperately to rent a place. And when they went in, they viewed the property. You know, they weren't on their own. There was a number of other people viewing the property. But when it came to the end of the viewing, the lady who was showing them around the house, it, she explained it was her dad owned the property and her dad wanted everyone to fill in this questionnaire. And the first question on the questionnaire was your PPS number, along with the PPS number of anyone else who might be staying in the house with you. Because, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't know if it was a, a three, four bedroom house, but it could be somebody who's going to rent a property. And then, you know, if it's a three bedroom house, there'll be three different people staying in the house in order to cut down on the cost of the rent and the other costs in the house. So they wanted the PPS numbers of everyone. And we were asking how common is this and why would they be doing that? And uh, somebody says threshold has suggested that Threshold could be the place to go. Now, actually, I might get John Paul to get on to Threshold and to put forward that that email to Threshold and just see. That's a, that's something we should have thought of. Yes, yeah, so thank you for that. And if Threshold get back to us, we'll let you know. And Marie reckons she was listening to it and she says the reason that you provide your PPS number to a landlord is so that he or she can register it with the PRTB. That said, it seems a bit premature to ask for this information at a viewing without any guarantee that the person in, in fact, will become a tenant in the property. That's from Anne-Marie. Yeah, OK, so that's understanding of why when you rent a property, you need the PPS number. But yet it makes absolutely no sense at all. And I'm also worried about from GDPR, what, what you know, if... I don't know how many people turned up for that viewing, which you could imagine a lot of people probably did, did turn up for the viewing. I and mean, if everybody filled in all of the other information that was contained on this questionnaire from the landlord, what happens? You know, where's the GDPR? Is that going to be protected? Where is it? You know, I, if it gets shredded, does it get shredded properly to make sure that information isn't left lying down somewhere or, you know, left somewhere where anybody can get to see the information that's on it. So thank you for, for that. And we, as I say, we will get on uh, to uh, Threshold. And when I was talking about the council having less money for budgets for next year, and I was saying one of the things that could get affected will be litter 
collection and litter picking and going out and cleaning up our towns and villages. Brian says, Patricia, I was in Mallow on uh, Saturday night. Now, it was a couple of hours after the official switching on of the lights, which happened at around six o'clock on Saturday evening. My goodness, says Brian, the rubbish on the streets. It was absolutely sickening to look at. Cans, empty coffee cups, half-eaten mince pies, sweets and papers just shrewn everywhere. The parents are a joke. Somebody else then had to go out and clean all of that up on Saturday morning. What a disgrace. And that would have been the council would have to have sent out somebody uh, to clean up. Yeah, I can't can't understand if you're bringing your children on such a bad example, isn't it? To allow children, if it is children, and we don't know that it is, but the switching on of the lights, it was very much a family event. So you would assume there was a lot of parents with children. You would hope that parents are instilling in their children at a very young age that they pick up rubbish and any rubbish, if they're getting sweets or whatever that they're getting, that you you pick it up and you bring it home with you. You certainly don't throw it on the ground for somebody else to pick it up uh, after. I do remember a, a niece of mine this wasn't now here in Ireland. This was it was across the water in England. Had got as a teenager, she got a you know part time job working in the local uh, cinema, and there was a group came for. She said they were about seven year olds. They came for a birthday party. There was ten children, birthday child, and nine other friends. And you know they were being shown to their seats. And my niece was bringing them in, and they all had their popcorn and their drinks and their sweets and whatever and the mother of the child whose birthday it was was filing all the children into the seat and then with my niece standing there helping making sure that they all got into their seats turned around and said to the children you can throw whatever you don't want on the floor uh, because somebody paid to clean that up afterwards and then just smiled at my niece and said right sit down everybody but actually encouraged the children to throw I just thought goodness me and I wondered if that was my child she was saying that to my child I would have been very annoyed indeed that any other parent would say that encouraging children just to throw your rubbish because somebody's paid to uh, clean it up absolutely shameful 0818103103 Trisha Blackpool says I've got a relative who rents out properties in the UK and when people sign the agreement they have to give their national insurance number the reason for it is so they can be tracked down when they sign the agreement if something they, they leave the property and the property has been damaged or perhaps they leave without paying rent it's one way that they can be tracked down by passing on their national insurance number but I don't know if you could do the same thing here in Ireland if somebody wanted to could you track somebody down by the PPS number I do have an understanding registering it with the tenancy uh, board I, I can understand it for that reason but again it can only be after the person has agreed to rent the house why you would be asked for it when you're actually only going to view the property because obviously the our listener left because was unwilling to pass on that information. Oh eight one eight one oh three one oh three and Michael in Newmarket was on to us earlier wondering are other people having problems getting taxis when they're going out and about at the moment. He says he's regularly hearing ads on the radio and on the TV regarding TV services and the regulation of taxis. But he said he certainly noticed in his area in Newmarket and he's been speaking to other friends who are having similar similar problems that they're having massive problems trying to get taxis particularly late at night and of course late at night after the pubs close etc that's when everybody wants a taxi and we simply do not have enough taxis available and Michael's wondering is it affecting other people he thinks it's going to have a knock-on effect for local pubs and for restaurants etc because 
people are not going to go out if they're fearful that they won't be able to get a taxi home and there will be a knock on effect for businesses. You can text our WhatsApp 0862103103. Okay, we'll close off our get up and go diaries because I can see that we have a huge, huge reaction on it. And we need to give John Paul time to select our three winners. So stop texting on our get up and go uh, diaries because uh, we'll be opening up the text message in a moment for Annalise. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. And I mentioned that the Christmas lights were officially switched on in Mallow on Saturday night. Well, this year, the public are being asked to contribute towards the cost of those uh, lights. They have set up a special I Donate page, which is Light Up Mallow, if you would like to donate. Bingo in Botford GAA Hall is on tonight at 8 o'clock. They have a jackpot, €2,900. And the McCroom Bypass Ball Run. This is in aid of the Irish Community Air Ambulance. That's taking place uh, next Saturday, the 3rd of December. Balls are still on sale, €5 each. And they can be purchased now in shops in McCroom, in Skibbereen, Bantry, Dunmanway and many other parts of West Cork. Be sure to be in with the chance of winning some great prizes top prize is €1,000. And Ballancolic Parish are fundraising to supply generators for a town in Ukraine to help them to get through this winter. They're holding a cake sale this Friday from 9am to 1pm and that's in Ballancolic Community Hall with all proceeds going towards the purchase of generators for Ukraine. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. See MIG.ie. Let me take a look at huge, huge reaction to the Get Up and Go Diaries. Okay, The Busy Woman, that's the hardback, wonderful, wonderful book that is going to Douglas, to Diane Dalton. Congratulations to you, Diane. The youth one is going to Jean Brennan, and Jean is in Dunmanway. And then we've got the Irish Get Up and Go Diary. I'm just waiting for a winner on that. I have it here. It's Dan O'Connor of Holy Cross in Charleville. Congratulations. That's Dan O'Connor in Charleville. You in the Irish Diary. The Youth Diary is going to Jean Brennan in Dunmanway. And the Busy Woman, the Hardback one, is going to Diane Dalton in Douglas. And as I say, we do have more of those diaries to give away. And we'll be giving them away at various stages between now and at Christmas. And, of course, between over the next two weeks, we are giving away Super Value gift cards worth a total of five thousand euro c103's christmas covered is your chance to win a 500 euro festive shopping spree and somebody at the end of today will have one of those gift vouchers at nine o'clock this morning we were ringing the bells with ken the bells will ring again at two o'clock you've got to count the bells and then at five o'clock we will play the bells for the final time you add up the number of bells you heard at nine o'clock at two o'clock and five o'clock that will give you a total and then you'll text or whatsapp to martina on drive time with the total amount for your chance to win so it's a weekdays from 9 a.m 2 p.m and 5 p.m keep counting the bells at c103's christmas covered with super value gift cards they're perfect for every occasion they're available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message you simply search super value gift cards and somebody says patricia did you watch the tribute to vicky Phelan? 
Um, someone says that they were in absolute uh, tears. And Lucy says, what a gorgeous, gorgeous tribute in Mooncoin yesterday. The nation did Vicky uh, proud. And I saw one journalist described Vicky's final farewell was a perfect portrait of how she'd lived her life. She had requested music, colour, a celebration and a fond memory. And she got all of that and more. It was a memorial to a chieftain cherished and much lamented and I thought that was just perfect that's exactly uh, what it was yesterday and the music at it was amazing I mean for example Vicky Phelan's favourite Mount Sinon choir uh, they stood with touching respect on the altar and th- they sang to her they promised her that they would do that and they did at her memorial and um, of course many people had signed up well in advance because Vicky had planned not only her private funeral but she had planned this day as well her favourite band The Stunning once again they turned up and they performed and she'd also asked um, Brezzy Niall Breslin she seemingly had heard him play once in a pub in Kilkee and she reached out to him and said would he play a song at her memorial and yeah he did in in a heartbeat and all that were there to uh, honour her uh, they a woman that they had really really respected but so many of them had come to know and love her as a friend and I think that was very very much reflected in the tribute yesterday there was at least 500 people uh, gathered and of course many amongst them were her fellow 221 plus uh, campaigners I mean Lorraine Walsh spoke John Wall and her own Stephen Teep I thought was his contribution was exceptional and he had his two young boys with him Noah and Oscar uh, Vicky's solicitor and friend Keen O'Carroll was there and it was lovely to see Charlie Bird and his wife uh, Claire and also one of Vicky's very very good friends the writer and Listole publican Billy Keane uh, he was there Alan Kelly from the Labour Party of course very very good friend of uh, Vicky's and everyone absolutely everyone was in agreement afterwards that the memorial had been absolutely perfect and that Vicky herself would have enjoyed every single minute of it and of course thousands more of us who weren't able to go to Mooncoin we all watched the service which was streamed on a line and it was just gorgeous it was so so touching and I came away from it feeling you know Vicky feeling she will never ever be forgotten in this country and we I think the women of Ireland owe a huge huge debt of gratitude and uh, and it's not just the women the men as well the men I think on behalf of their women oh Vicky feeling a huge debt of gratitude and once again may she rest in peace and uh, we think of her husband and her kids and her parents and her siblings and her many many friends and they you know the ones who were very close to her must now try to pick up the pieces and get on with their lives so we think of them very much today but yes it was a gorgeous gorgeous tribute to an amazing woman oh eight one eight one oh three one oh three john paul taking your calls we're looking for your questions please for annalise drissel our nutritional therapist if you have a question you can text into us or you can call john paul I get texting on that now. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103.
and Annalise Dressel of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballincollig. Uh, joining me, good afternoon, Annalise. Good afternoon. And Patricia. lots and lots of questions coming in for you. Let me get straight into them. Anne says, Patricia, could you please ask Annalise, could she recommend any supplement that my daughter might be able to take for thinning hair? She's only in her 20s and her hair is thinning very much around the hairline. Is it just something that happens at this time of year? Well, definitely your hair grows far less this time of the year than it does in the summer and people will notice that their nails and hair and it's possibly something to do with vitamin D maybe. So that would certainly be the first step. I think everybody in Ireland should be on a vitamin D now because we've had so much rain as well. We're definitely not getting any vitamin D from the sunlight. But the other reasons that you might have thinning hair there could be hormonal um, and also we've noticed that people are complaining of thinning hair after either getting COVID or getting the vaccines or the boosters. So could be any of those reasons. But if you want to improve your hair quality um, besides the vitamin D, there's two things that we would often recommend. The first one is biotin. Now, biotin is just one of the B vitamins, but we recommend it in a very high strength of 5,000 um, units. This is very good to improve the quality of your hair. So if your hair is kind of slow to grow, if it's a bit lank, if it's breaking easily, that's what we recommend for that. And I'd say do about three months of that. And then if your hair is actually thinning on your scalp, so it's actually falling out and you can see it's not growing back. So what you'll notice, this would be more relevant for this girl now where she's um, this mum who says her daughter's hair is thinning up by her scalp. It looks like it's receding. So for hair that has gone dormant and is no longer growing, there is a good supplement that kickstarts those dormant hairs back into growth phase. And it's called Norcrin. It's spelled N-O-U-R-K-R-I-N. And it, it works really well. We get great feedback from it. I've tried it myself and it worked for me. Um, so you'd want to do that for about three months. And if it's not working after three months, there's probably no point continuing it on beyond that. But if it has worked for three months, you might want to continue it for another three just to give yourself a good blast. OK, you mentioned vitamin D uh, there. A listener says, question for Annalise, please. I take 3000 IU vitamin D per day. Should I also be taking vitamin K2? Uh, if so, what's the recommended daily intake? no recommended daily intake for vitamin K2. I would say anything um, in and around 100 would be sufficient. 3,000 I use of vitamin D is quite a lot and what vitamin D does is it, besides of all the immune system function is that it increases our absorption of calcium and too much calcium in the diet can lead to hardening of cholesterol in the arteries. So too much vitamin D in the long run is not ideal. And, and 3,000 is quite a lot, a lot. So unless you know that you need it, I always recommend that people take 1,000 IU of vitamin D. One way to know is ask your doctor to check your vitamin D levels in your blood when you're taking a supplement. And you can see then whether you're, the one that you're taking is too much or too little. Vitamin The K2 then prevents the calcium from hardening the plaque in the arteries. So it's always good to take them together. And they're particularly good as well if you've osteoporosis because it helps build healthy bone. OK, two questions I can tie in together from two, two different listeners. One says, advice please, psoriasis on the scalp and body. It only started a few weeks ago. And somebody else says, any medication to help with scalp psoriasis? And also, are there foods that I should be avoiding? Could foods be triggering it? Yes, that's a, a great question because, yes, the answer is absolutely foods could be triggering it. Psoriasis is actually an autoimmune condition where the um, immune system is causing the cells of the skin to divide and replicate rapidly, much faster than normal. So you get the buildup of these very itchy and irritated plaques. 
um, which is what psoriasis is. So a lot of the time when I work with people with psoriasis, we work on the gut first um, and we look at food intolerances, removing any foods that could possibly be causing the problem and then and switching to a kind of a gut healing diet because like 80% of your immune system is in the gut. So if you're alert, reacting to foods, you need to you know fix that in the gut area first. So for somebody with psoriasis, I always recommend, if just off the shelf, a few supplements. The first one would be a high-strength omega-3 fat. You need to have at least 500 milligrams of EPA and 400 milligrams of DHE in, in there. I love the Unocardio. Um, it's Unocardio Plus because it gives you that plus vitamin D as well, so it covers that. Um, and then I'd always recommend a probiotic for the gut. The ones that we like here, BioCult is a good one. Um, Udo's 8 is a, a fantastic one, or Udo's, Udo's Adult Blend. And also Nature's Plus do a lovely one that's called um, Immune Microbiome. <coughs> Excuse me, Patricia. Frog in my throat. Um, so a probiotic for the gut. And then in terms of um, shampoos, the Hope's Relief have a lovely shampoo that's really good for psoriasis or even dermatitis on the scalp. It's fairly chemical-free and very soothing. Yeah, because somebody else was saying on uh, psoriasis, I always use a cold tar uh, shampoo. I'm finding it very hard to get the cold tar shampoo. Does anybody know why it's gone in short supply? I'm not sure about that. I wasn't even aware it was in short supply. The cold tar is um, often in a medicated shampoo, Patricia, and it can be very good for dandruff and other things. The problem is, is it can be quite harsh. So for women who colour their hair, it can strip the colour out of the hair very much. Do you want to go get a drink there? I'll just get my yeah. Drink. You yeah. go yeah. You go you go get a drink. And while we're waiting for Anadise uh, to come back, I can rem- I can tell listeners we were giving away free Panto tickets every day last week, and we had absolutely massive massive uh, reaction to it. So I'm delighted to say that this Friday we have got an Everyman free Panto uh, Friday. You can join the gang at the Everyman for Glamour and Glad's Song and Dance, Magic and Mayhem. And it's running at the Everyman until the 15th of uh, January. But this Friday, we will have a free Panto Friday here on C103, which means that we will give away family passes every hour. And if you want to check out more about the Panto at the Everyman, you can go to their website, which is everymancork.com. But stay listening to us, particularly this Friday, for your chance to win on a free Panto Friday, particularly if you won the ones who were disappointed who didn't win last week. Now, let's see how our analyses yeah, this year. Okay. There's nothing worse. There's absolutely nothing worse. OK, let me go on to uh, Anya. says, hi, could you ask Annalise, please, about probiotics and gastric acid killing some strains of the probiotic. What's the best type to help with stomach and indeed oral thrush? Best type of probiotics to take. Okay, so now bacteria, that is one of the great purposes of stomach acid is that it kills off bacteria, So, which is great because most bacteria enters um, our system through foods. So it kills off all the bad guys and some of the good guys as well. But a lot of the bacteria that would thrive in our gut, like the lactic acid bacteria you'd get in yogurt and you'd get in um, apple cider vinegar, for example, that will survive in large part. And most of the, the probiotics that have been formulated, um, certainly in health stores, um, are formulated so that there is a large part of them that will make it past stomach acid in the gut. Um, Udo's 
eight again we mentioned those earlier that would be definitely one that make it past the gut but the bio cult all of them really um even if none of them survive a good portion of them will survive into the gut um it's also important to feed those bacteria because getting them there is one thing and then making sure that they thrive is another so sugar, of course, in the diet, Patricia, creates a terrible environment for bacteria. So eating loads of vegetables and um, soluble fibres that you get, for example, in pears and apples and oats, whole grains, all of those fibres will create a great environment in the gut to nourish the bacteria there. And the best one for oral thrush. Now, what I'd recommend in this case, actually, is I'd recommend doing a mouth rinse with the grapefruit seed extract because that will kill off the yeast within the mouth. Uh, don't swallow it. So you'll buy it in any health shop. Higher Nature do one. In um, It's called citricidal. But it comes from the extract of the seeds of the grape, and it's really good antifungal. And then one of my favorite probiotics for people who've got candida is one that contains uh, another yeast, but a healthy one called Saccharomyces boulardii. Optibac do one, and also Viridian do one. Okay, hi, Annalise, a regular listener, and I'm on the Source of Life Gold, and I'm also taking BioCult. Having had COVID twice, I got COVID a third time, and I got really bad chest infections every time. What would you suggest? I'm assuming the listener is saying to try to avoid. She's just been very unlucky to have picked up COVID three times. Absolutely, I think it's a real sign, Patricia, that the immune system isn't performing very well. Um, and there are, I mean, we are all going to get COVID multiple times throughout our lives because it's, it's around with us now. I think multiple studies have shown that low vitamin D status is linked with your increased chance of getting COVID when you're exposed to the virus and also being sicker with COVID. So I think, as I said, everybody in the island of Ireland now should be taking a vitamin D. But if your immune system is struggling, the source of life is great, I think, as a tonic. But you might want to take something more specific for your immune system. So Dr. Claire does a lovely um, imitone, it's called. It, it comes, you can either get it in capsules or you can get it in a tincture. And it's a blend of herbs that help keep your, um, your, the white blood cell fighting side of your immune system up and running really, really efficiently. So I would try something like that. And then I would definitely be taking um, your vitamin D, your vitamin C and zinc as well. They're very important. And in this case as well, quercetin might be a lovely one to add to it because of the chest. Quercetin helps get the zinc into cells really, really quickly. So um, it's able to kill off and fight the virus. And then the last thing I'd mention here would be NAC. N-acetylcysteine or NAC, it's a really powerful anti-inflammatory in the body, but we've had great success giving this to people after COVID that have had lingering chest problems that, you know, can't seem to shake that last bit of a cough. So for this lady, I think I would stay on a low dose of these after she's recovered now all the time throughout the winter months until you get back into the springtime again. OK, and just prove, proving that COVID is still very much out there for sure. Uh, could Annalise repeat the shampoo for psoriasis? John Paul said he said a number of calls in. Yes, so it's the Hope's Relief and it's um, a, just one type of shampoo for dry and itchy scalp. If you can't get your hands on that one, the Dr. Vogel Neem shampoo can work quite well as well. But actually, that, that Hope's Relief one is the one that we always get consistently good feedback on. OK, and very finally, Sheila wants to know, have you heard of something called Fire Tonic? It's made in Cove. Yes, I have, actually. It's a combination of a few different things. Everything in there is lovely. The big component in there is apple cider vinegar, and I think there's cayenne pepper and chilli and ginger and turmeric and black pepper and a few other things in there. You could make it up yourself at home. And people would take it for 
immune system or they would take it for their gut. You need to have the raw apple cider vinegar and certainly do not take this if you have any kind of acid reflux or ulcers because it will just make you sicker. Okay. All right, listen, as always, thank you for that, Annalise. Have a lovely week. And uh, Annalise, if you go to our website, healthhubstore.com, as heard on the radio later on this afternoon, she put up all the information of all of the uh, issues that we covered today. And John Paul, as always, will put Annalise's piece up as a separate podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And then John Paul is just telling me as well the threshold actually going to join us tomorrow on the issue of landlords asking for PPS numbers uh, for those interested in viewing a home so we'll find out more about that tomorrow on the programme. That's where we wrap it up for uh, today. Mark Malone is in for Nick Richards this afternoon so that means Mark is going to be ringing the bells at 2 o'clock today for the C103's Christmas covered. Hopefully you've made a note of how many bells we were ringing earlier on today with Ken at 9 add the total that Mark will ring at 2 o'clock Hang on to that number and then you're waiting for one more number. You'll be great at maths at the end of this promotion. Five o'clock and then you'll be texting or WhatsApping. Good luck with that. That's the C103 Christmas covered only on C103. That's where I leave you. Thanks to John Paul. Talk to you tomorrow today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.